Hello and welcome to the Infertility Podcast. I'm Daniel. And I'm Candace. Grab a biscuit because we've got the tea on all things infertility. Hey guys, welcome to episode 9. Hello. So in this episode, we wanted to talk about diminished ovarian reserve or better known as DOR. I spoke with my friend Ashley and wanted to get her perspective on her DOR. She also has genetic factors in her infertility. So let's listen. Hey guys, it's me. (laughs) Do I say hi now? (laughs) This is going to be really fun. Um, I am over at my friend Ashley's house who I wanted to call Felicia, just in case she didn't want to... <laughs> My name's Ashley, not <laughs> give Felicia. Her identity. I was willing to change her name uh, for the safety of her, her and her family, <laughs> just in case she didn't want people knowing who she was. I'm going to get real famous from this podcast if <laughs> people are going to come stalk me. I know. You're going to have people lined up at your door. I can't Luckily, wait. we won't say the location we're at. I will say it is in near and around Columbia, South Carolina, but I won't, I mean, there's no way you could know. No, no way. Yeah. So this is Ashley and I'm really excited to have her on our podcast today um, because Ashley and I met on Instagram. We did. We're Instagram friends. And real friends. And real friends. (laughs) Instagram turned real friends. Yes. So um, I remember the first time I kind of talked to you. Daniel and I were at Paige's Ochre Grill, and you commented on my picture because Paige's coffee cups have Charleston, South Carolina on it. And you you said, oh my gosh, are you in South Carolina? And I was like, yeah. And so anyway, we figured out that we go to the same doctor. Mm-hmm. We go to the same clinic, and we went to the same doctor at the time. Spoiler alert, I changed doctors. <laughs> in case you <laughs> haven't been paying attention. Yeah, if you haven't been listening to this podcast, then anyways. So that's when we first kind of like yes. talked back and forth. And then our friendship got really real. Do you want to tell a story of how we met in person? Oh gosh. That's kind of an embarrassing story on my <laughs> no. It's the greatest. Okay. You're gonna you're gonna have to help me tell the okay. story yeah, because I am fine. not a good storyteller. Um, so we were, my husband and I, we were in the middle of our second retrieval cycle yep. and, um, there was one weekend we thought we were going to have an appointment and the weekend appointments for this clinic, you have to go to the main clinic. Right. Cause um, you were, our, um, our clinic in particular, they have like a main clinic mm-hmm. in Charleston and then they have several throughout the state of South Carolina and one in Savannah and you know, so on and so yes. on, so forth. So I did all of my monitoring appointments here in Columbia, mm-hmm. but there was a weekend appointment that we thought we were going to have. So we, we were like, okay, let's make this a weekend trip. We got a hotel and went to Charleston and the appointment ended up getting canceled, but we still went to Charleston. As happens with <laughs> yes. everything in IVF, exactly. cancellations and... Exactly. So um, we were getting ready for our gonal and hcg shot for the night and we 
we're really prepared. We had our cooler with all of our medications. And I go to do my gonal shot and realized I forgot the needles. Oh, that's not going to do. No, no. <laughs> so, so my husband, we start calling all these pharmacies. And of course, nobody can help us out. And I remember, don't I know somebody in Charleston yeah. doing IVF? Yes. At Operation Baby Bump. Yep. So I think I messaged you and said, help. Yeah. (laughs) Help. That was what I said. Oh my gosh. And so my husband and I ended up driving over to this Instagram friend's house and Candace. And you stayed for like three hours. (laughs) We talked for a while. I think you and Rick talked, my husband talked about your love of serial killers. Yep. Yep. We talked about murder and murder. We really bonded over that. And IVF. Yeah. And Rick and I were talking about how if Daniel and Ashley and Rick and I ever went on a double date to the movies, Rick and I would go see some horror movie and Ashley and Daniel would go see some (laughs) rom-com. They're seriously, I think. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But no, we rolled up to your apartment with our cooler, Mm -hmm. with our gonal, without a needle. Yeah. But you saved the day. Yes. You saved that cycle. And if anybody else needs any gonal F needles, (laughs) I've got a crap ton loads. I have bags of those needles left. So do I. That was what was so frustrating about it because they send so many needles in those boxes. Who uses all of those? Oh, yeah. And when you get like one of those 300 unit pens and they still include 12 needles. And you're like, who is on such a low dose? I know, exactly. I'm like, I'm 450 units a shot here. (laughs) What's that 300 units? I know. Yeah. That's not even one full dose. Not even a full dose. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that's how we met, guys. That's how we met. Isn't that romantic? That was, how many, how long ago was that? Mm. 2017? I don't know. It was in the fall I know it was October. Of 2000. It had to have been the fall of 2017 because last year you had, spoiler alert, (laughs) (laughs) we won't won't tell what she did last year in October yet, so stick around. Stay tuned. (laughs) My life's not that interesting, guys, I promise. Yeah, it had to have been. Like the fall of 2017 because you, you guys were supposed to go on a ghost tour. I never, we never did and it. And you never did because you stayed at our apartment yes. and talked, we, we talked We stood forever. them up. We ghosted the ghost <laughs> tour. It's <laughs> amazing. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was all for good cause though. It like, was. Can it you was. imagine if you would have had to send in a cancellation form for that? Why, why did you cancel on us? Mm. Why did you ghost us? <laughs> why did you ghost us? I needed to meet my drug dealer. I know. <laughs> Had to get those needles. Luckily, <laughs> those good clean needles. Right. Luckily, it was a clean needle. That's really funny. Gosh. But no, I know it was October because we were watching USC play somebody mm-hmm. in football. Oh, yeah. And Daniel and Rick were standing there by the TV. Watching. And they were talking about sports and, and football. And you football. and I were talking about our lives and how crappy they were and parabens and phthalates <laughs> you gave me and pvc and bpa <laughs> you gave me toner that's right and i, gave I you love it the rose oh it's my oh. favorite and i feel like i'm at a spa every time i spray I my face love it guys just quickly side note 
Not I'm sponsored by. Not sponsored by Andalou, but I, I'd love to be sponsored by Andalou. Sponsor Canvas. Oh, gosh. Reach out to me. Slide into my email or my DMs. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. Oh, I'm so big into, like, non-toxic. Ashley is, too. Yes. Um, and Andalou, like, their toner is amazing. The rose. I'm into rose anything yes, right now. I agree. These days. It's calming. Oh, yeah. And it makes me feel like a lady mm, when yes. I don't usually to. feel like a lady. <laughs> How do you normally feel? I don't feel like a lady most of the time because I don't shave my legs. I, you You're know, not lady. Without, I'm how not many reproducing. <laughs> you know, there's a lot that makes me not feel like a lady. Uh, but that rose, it I makes know. you feel like a lady. I know it really does. Like, a, like an old English lady, mm-hmm. which... I want to be that when I grow up, yes. like so some classic. kept woman oh. with my dogs and, and my martinis. Do you watch Southern Charms? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to be, be Patricia. Her. Yeah. <laughs> I love her so much with her freaking diamond rings. With her butler, what's his name? Michael. Michael. Oh my gosh! When I was when I was going to College of Charleston, I was on my way to school one day, and I saw Michael <gasps> sweeping the back porch no. like he was he had come out the back because I passed her mm-hmm. um house every day her mansion her not mansion. her house like look it up guys southern charm Patricia at how do Patricia Alchul I believe sure. Alchul I think that's how you say yeah. it but um oh my gosh I saw him and I was like Mike I rolled my window down and I was like Michael did he hear you I need my medicine. <laughs> Your medicine. That's what she says when she needs when she mart- needs her martini. Her medicine. Oh, medicine. Um, I don't know if I can say that. I went to college with what is her name? The redhead. Oh, Catherine. Catherine. You did? Yes. She was a few years younger than me. Wow. At USC. I didn't know that. Fun fact. All this time. Fun fact. Yes. I feel like our relationship has. <laughs> We're at the next has level. risen above <laughs> so much more. That's amazing. Uh, I actually saw her at Harris, Teeter, at Harris Teeter once. Really? Yeah, she was coming out. And I was like... You can't miss the hair. Mm-mm. Did she have her kids with her? No. No? That was back when she was kind mm, of yeah. off the rails a little yeah. bit. She's mm. turned her life around. She has. Yeah. She has. Anyways. Southern Charm, coming to DVD this fall. <laughs> no. Again, not sponsored, not sponsored by. by anybody. <laughs> I'm sponsored by myself. <laughs> um, no, but we, I do live in Charleston, and I do watch Southern Charm. That's where it's fil- filmed. And if you like Southern Charm, slide into my DMs, and let's talk about it. Um, oh, so, Ashley, mm-hmm. thanks for joining me today. Thanks um, for having me. Tell us a little bit about like your story, like how you and Rick met, and... Um, like when y'all decided to have kids, etc. Uh, so we met when we were in college. Mm-hmm. We were seniors in college, and it was St. Patrick's Day. Go Gamecocks. Yes, go Gamecocks. Again, <laughs> not sponsored by us. <laughs> but we love the Gamecocks. <laughs> they do. I'm looking, at, I'm looking at a bunch of stuff in their house right now. Gosh, <laughs> it's obsessive. Anyways, um, we were seniors. It was St. Patrick's Day, and Rick and his friends were hosting a St. Patrick's Day party. 
So after lots of alcohol, Mm -hmm. (laughs) lots of fun and festivities, we just connected. And the rest is history. (laughs) That's how we met. Um, But very much like you and Daniel, we did long distance for the first two years of our relationship. I was in grad school in South Florida. Go FAU. Go Owls. Nice. Hoot hoot. Hoot hoot. Is that what y'all do at like games and stuff? Hoot 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 hoot. You have to do the arms though. Like an owl. Oh my gosh. I don't think their arms bend that way. Maybe it's like She's doing some like chicken vulture. I don't know. You can edit that out too. No, I wish this was a like a video now. Behind the scenes, (laughs) the infertility podcast. Um, But no, I was at grad school in South Florida um, getting my master's for speech pathology. And Rick lived in Richmond, Virginia. He was working at U of R, University of Richmond. Go milk cartons. (laughs) Gulp, gulp. (laughs) The spiders. Ew, ew, no. (laughs) Go spiders. No, um, but that, yeah, we dated for two years long distance, lots of flying back and forth, not as long as far away as you and Daniel, mm-hmm. but um, anyways, we got married in 2014, and we knew we wanted to have kids. Yeah. We always knew that. Rick is the youngest of four kids in his family. All of his siblings have children, and um, that was just something that was really important to us. We knew we wanted to have kids, so... I'm not sure where to go from there, Candace. Help so, me. So, now, you guys have a, a really unique story because you had, um, you know, today's podcast is about diminished ovarian reserve. Mm-hmm. So, you had that, but you yes. also had genetic factors at play. Yes. When did you know, um, when you first met Rick, did he tell you about that? Yes, actually, um, on our second date. Wow. <laughs> yes. Just laying it right <laughs> He's Just like, if you're laying it all with... out there. Yeah. He's like, this is me. Yeah. Um, but no, our second date, I think he had just found out that he um, was a carrier for Fragile X. Wow. And uh, he was just telling me about it. He showed me, um, he has a cousin who is affected by Fragile X. And we were talking about his cousin and he, I think it was more of him just trying to process what he had mm-hmm. just learned. And I was very fascinated by it yeah. because I um, was a psychology major mm-hmm. and into research and knew a lot of, knew a lot about autism and mm-hmm. fragile X and how closely related they yeah. are. Um, but yeah, so very early on, we knew that if we were going to have kids, this was going to be something that we were going to have to overcome yeah yeah. overcome Mm -hmm. and so shortly after we got married um, we met with a genetic counselor to figure out what our reproductive options were that's awesome a lot of people don't have that opportunity yes um and you guys were unique yes. in that situation. We are you know, very grateful for the technology that's available nowadays mm-hmm. that um, we knew that that was something that was going to affect us and um, our reproductive future. I mean, mm-hmm. um, we knew that we wanted what was best for our children and our right. children's future. And um, what did they tell you that your options were at that genetic counselor? Um, session. Yeah. So the first 
we met with multiple genetic counselors, but our first one, they told us that if we wanted our children to not be affected, really the only option was to do IVF with PGS mm-hmm. testing. Right. They told us that Fragile X is an X-linked genetic disorder. Right. So mm-hmm. um, if we were to have boys, they would not be affected with Fragile X. If we were to have girls, they would be affected. So. Now, is that in his case? Because I know that, you know, I work with patients yes. that have autism as well, and it seems like the boys have Fragile X. So Rick is a carrier of it. He is okay. A, he's a pre-mutation carrier is gotcha. what it's called. Okay. So our girls would be carriers of it. They would be carriers. And when you're a carrier of Fragile X, this is getting very technical, they have symptoms that affects them as well. Females that are carriers of Fragile X have um, something called Fragile X pre... What is it called? Ovarian insufficiency. Oh, wow. So Rick's sister is a carrier of Fragile X, and at 30, she was already getting ready to start menopause. Wow. And males who are premutation carriers of Fragile X have something, or they are at risk for something called Fragile X ataxia, tremor ataxic syndrome, I think is exactly what it's called, where they have Parkinson-type symptoms, and um, they have tremors, they can end up, you know, on feeding tubes. It's very sad. Oh, my gosh. Very sad. And um, the genetic counselor just kind of set everything out there, and this is what our children could be affected by. Yeah. But if we did IVF with PGS and had healthy males, mm-hmm. they wouldn't be affected and their children won't be affected. Yeah. So um, we chose to end the fragile yeah. X with us. Well, that's and um, that's really good. I mean, it was, a lot of people might think that's really controversial. It is. Um, and I'm sure that you've probably dealt with maybe some opinions. Have you had anybody say anything to you about that? We have had some people tell us things like, oh, you're playing playing God. (laughs) You're playing God. Um, And that's hard to hear, but we are very, you know, solid in our decision that Mm -hmm. we want what's best for our family. And after going through in vitro, I would feel so guilty if we ended up having a girl and she had early menopause and she had to do IVF. Um, We just know that we've made the best decision we could for our family and our family's family, our future. I think if you have the knowledge at hand, you know, I mean, you can't change the past, right? So you Mm -hmm. can't change your grandparents and their Mm -hmm. grandparents and them having children and passing things down and down and down. Mm -hmm. But if you have the knowledge of, Hey, this is like going to be an issue could potentially be an issue. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not like you're going in and making these embryos and like altering their genes or anything. You're just weeding out. Yeah. We're trying to make sure that our kids aren't affected by anything genetic. Yeah. Yeah. And I think 
like this is such, I hope this conversation isn't making you uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because I feel like I've seen both sides. Yeah. I've seen some people saying like we have genetic things and we want to weed, like we don't want our kids to have to deal with those things. Mm -hmm. Like you see cystic Um, fibrosis on Instagram all the time. Absolutely. And then you've got people commenting on them and saying, you're playing God, like that's so wrong, Mm -hmm. like how dare you? And I think it's important to see that these are people's actual lives Mm -hmm. and you can't judge every situation and you can't generalize across. Exactly. Everybody's journey is different. Right. And um, I think what was the big thing for us is Rick does have a cousin who is fully affected by this. And um, we've seen what it's done for to him, to his family. Mm-hmm. And you don't wish that upon anybody. Right. You don't wish that. And, um, I mean, we just made the best decision that we could for our family. Yeah. And I'm so thankful that we have done this and um, have gone through this in vitro route because we've learned a lot (laughs) about... Oh, it'll make you a medical um, professional. (laughs) I assure you, it will make you Um, a reproductive endocrinologist, (laughs) if nothing, you know, at the minimum. Exactly. Exactly. So you had the genetic issues and you knew pretty early on you Mm -hmm. knew very early on in your relationship (laughs) yes um but when you guys got married it wasn't just like you were trying for all this time and nothing happened you kind of knew that like this is going to be our route yeah so we were thankful to know early on that we were going to be battling this genetic component and so one we planned for when we Mm -hmm. wanted to start in vitro and we started in 2000 17, mm-hmm. 2017. So yeah. we went in for our blood work and met with our um, reproductive endocrinologist. We actually interviewed too and went. Mm. <laughs> I know. Mm. <laughs> mm-hmm. And you um, chose that one? <laughs> Just Let kidding. Let me back up and tell you about the one that we interviewed oh first. Oh my gosh, please tell me. So this was our first um, time meeting with a reproductive endocrinologist. We went in with, we were very excited, like, oh, this could be the person that helps make us parents. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of our consultation, she answers her cell phone, doesn't excuse no. herself, just picks I'm up I'm sorry, the hang phone. on one second. Yes. What was that? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, oh, she Daniel's was, calling. She just looked at me like she was waiting for me to get off the phone. She didn't get I was not picking up what you were throwing down. Oh, my God. Who called her? A client. A patient. Wow. And she settled a bill in our... No, she didn't. You can't make this up. I will not say her name, but I will tell you later. So why didn't you pick her? You know, we were really torn. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So we did not meet with her. We did not choose her. Yeah. Um, But anyway, so we ended up meeting with the person that we chose to stick with. And in that first appointment or they take your blood and we went in for our, our ultrasound and they looked at my follicles the, they did my antral follicle count right and that was our first indicator that things were not going to be as 
easy and straightforward mm-hmm. as we had thought. We were very right. naive yeah. <laughs> when we started IVF, yeah. I think. as Well, everybody <clears throat> is. You just think... Because IVF works. Well, right? yeah, it's supposed like <laughs> supposed to just work. You know, you take these shots, they uh-huh. take your eggs, get your sperm, and you're pregnant, right? <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it goes. Yeah, for everybody else, it seems like <laughs> for everybody else. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, my doctor at that appointment told me that he was concerned because he didn't see as many follicles as he would expect to see at that point in my cycle. Mm-hmm. And he wanted to wait until he got my blood work back to let me more let me know more about what it could potentially be. Mm-hmm. And after that, that was when I got the diagnosis of diminished ovarian reserve. Dun dun dun! I know. Wow. Shocker. And you were like, <laughs> I thought I was healthy. Yeah. I thought, oh, I just married this guy who's got <laughs> this he's funky. He's got all the issues. He's all fragile and yeah. stuff. <laughs> Oh, bless him. Fragile Rick. Fragile Rick, who's not fragile. (laughs) No, he's like a tough, he's a man's man. He was just telling me a story about him killing a snake and tossing it over the fence, so. But Daniel did that, too. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Story for another time. I'll let... I'll let Daniel tell you that one. He's not here to to regale you with his uh, snake-killing story. Yeah, um, so that was when um, we figured out and realized that things were not going to be as straightforward as we had once thought. And um, my doctor and nurse told me that we would probably have ended up with IVF even if... Anyway. Anyway. You probably would have tried for however long and then... Or maybe you would have gotten lucky. Who knows? You know, but you don't know. Exactly. Um, but I mean, not to get too personal, we never used protection mm-hmm. anyways yeah. in the years that we'd been dating and never had a scare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so so what is diminished ovarian reserve? Tell us a little bit about what it actually is. What does it mean to have, you know, diminished, diminished ovarian <laughs> reserve? It's obviously that you don't, sounds like you don't have enough eggs yeah. or ton of eggs. So my understanding of it is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. Candace, mm. <laughs> Dr. Mm-hmm. Candace, mm-hmm. um, diminished ovarian reserve is to my knowledge, something that just happens as we age. Mm-hmm. We, as we all know, we're born with a set number of eggs. Yep. And as the years go on, we lose those eggs yeah. and our fertility, um, decreases as we get older. Mm -hmm. The way my doctor told me is I have very mature ovaries. I know. Like they have little reading glasses on. (laughs) Sipping their tea. (laughs) And like a a cup of infertility. (laughs) They're sipping on. They're sipping. And they have a butler. (laughs) And they get their nightly medicine. That sounds great. What's what's the problem with that? (laughs) Exactly. Um, But... He said, based off of my AMH, my anti-mullerian, I think that's how you say it. That's how you say Hormone. it. Hormone. Hormone, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, your AMH is a hormone that your follicles secrete, and mine was very low. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was 0. 0.8, 0. 0.7, and he said that was less than half of what it should have been right. for my age. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that I, you just don't have a lot of eggs left and I think my understanding of it is as well as as you age and your 
ovarian reserve decreases, the quality of the eggs that are there also gets worse. Mm -hmm. So not only are you battling not having a whole lot of eggs, you're battling the quality of the Mm -hmm. eggs that you have are pretty. Yeah. Shitty. (laughs) Yeah. So now I've, I've also read that DOR can also be caused by like injury or like a really bad illness. Mm -hmm. You're right. Even, um, when you're in utero and mm-hmm. your mother, um, like has a virus or something yeah. that can also damage the amount of eggs that you'll have. Yeah. I've, I've read that too. You know, like people who are going through cancer, like chemo and radiation that mm-hmm. affects your ovarian reserve and can cause DOR. I've also read that I think you and I could both talk about this. Um, the chemicals that we're exposed to yes. is definitely a factor that comes into play with DOR. So, um, for me, we don't know yeah. what caused that. Mm-hmm. I, for one, think it has to do with the chemicals that mm-hmm. we are surrounding ourselves with on a daily basis. Yeah. And at an early age, we don't know what we're putting on our bo- into oh, our bodies. I could not agree with you more. I just got a new office chair mm. the other day. What is it sprayed with? Shout out. Thanks to my boss for getting me a new office chair. But I unpacked it from the box, put it all together sat down and all of a sudden I was like my throat started hurting because like the chemicals from the seat oh my gosh the you know it was the foam or mm-hmm. whatever I guess because it was you know the off-gassing yes. when something's wrapped in plastic and it the the chemicals released from the foam yes because it's like made and then immediately packaged it oh, doesn't air out it's um, compacted. so it's like yeah it's like compacted and, and it permeates exactly so I was sitting there going <laughs> and I like got up and I like put the chair out in the hall and I was like, I'm not sticking my vagina on that chair. My I'm vagina's been through putting, enough. <laughs> my reproductive system has been through enough. I'm not sticking it on that chemically cesspool of a chair. So I, I stuck the chair in a conference room across the hallway um, oh because I was like, there's no way. And I could not even breathe. Our office is like the size of clo- a coat closet. <laughs> and I just was like, I cannot. So when you're talking about chemicals, mm-hmm. it's not just, it's not just your you know, lotion, the lotion that you're using, the makeup that you're using. And I will I'll, I'll try not to go off on a tangent because I, I do want to do an episode about toxicity and yeah, you know, chemicals and products, but when it's your couches. It's, it's your mattress. It's in the foam that's made of your, you know, your seats and your mm-hmm. car mm-hmm. that you drive to work every day. And, oh, God, don't even start me. So, but yeah, so back think, to the DOR. Yeah. Um, I, you had such a unique experience and opportunity because you had the genetic factor. So going right into it, you were able to kind of find that out without doing too much time wasting. Yeah, I I do feel like we were very fortunate to be in the situation that we were in. Um, we thankfully didn't have the years of trying naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, that's... I, I, if I, I know. could get back all those years. <laughs> I know, and I, I feel guilty sometimes telling my story in our TTC... TT, I can't talk here <laughs> in our TTC community because I didn't go through all the years and all the trying that most of us 
most of y'all have. And I, um, I'm grateful for that. We didn't have all that heartache, but, but you did go I, through three rounds of IVF and that we you did, know, we did. That's um, a lot to put your body through. So don't minimize what you've been through. I Thank you. Thank you, Candace. It sounds like you went to school for psychology. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. And how does that make you feel? Um, <laughs> give me my couch, my but toxic filled couch <laughs> to lay on. Yes. Please lay um, on this couch. Yeah. We, um, we didn't have that but we um I think it almost like a god thing that we came together and decided to reproduce together because Because I feel like a lot of women would be would not know about the DOR until they had been trying for a while you would might have a lot of miscarriages because like I said earlier the quality of your eggs that you have with DOR are crap a mm-hmm. lot of times. And so I think a lot of, a lot of these women have recurrent miscarriages or just, you know, the years of trying and not successfully. So, so um, tell us a little bit about your rounds of IVF mm-hmm. when you did your first round. Yeah. How many embryos did you get? Oh, we how got, many eggs did you get? We got you 15 can, eggs, 15 eggs. Yeah. Which Ooh. is a great number, yeah. a great number. But, um, my doctor also said that he, he put us on a lot of hormones. We had 450 going off yeah. every night. Yep. Lovely. Um, yeah, we got 15 eggs, and four of them ended up being PGS tested. Okay. And out of those four, one was healthy. One was chromosomally wow. normal. Um, uh, the other three had multiple a lot of things that matter yeah. with them. Like we were talking earlier, yeah. the trisomies, the mm-hmm. missing chromosomes, chromosomes. Like, yeah. um mm-hmm. they would have been yeah they would our may doctors not have made it yeah exactly um my doctor the way he put it was if he would ever to have implanted if that egg would have or embryo would have implanted we would have probably lost it mm-hmm. or it may have never implanted mm-hmm. so um yeah so we had one healthy embryo with that round and um we did transfer it and we lost it early. Mm-hmm. We lost it early on. So yeah. we ended up doing two more rounds. Yeah. And of... this is guys, this is where I heard about batching. Yes. So <laughs> you did your second and third round of IVF back to back. We did. We, um, we had a busy year in 2017. Yeah. Um, our first round, our first retrieval was in July of 2017. And then our second was in October, right after we had our loss in September. Our doctor said we could start trying if we wanted to do another round as soon as we as soon as I got my period. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, we did the second round in October and we only had three embryos that were able to be PGS tested. And, um, our doctor had a very real conversation with us and said, you know, with the diminished ovarian reserve and, um, the genetic component that we were battling against the odds of us getting a healthy embryo to transfer was not, was, was very low. And he suggested that we do another round to batch the embryos and send them off for PGS testing together. Yeah. So we did. We did two rounds back to back, October, mm-hmm. and then, and I think the second one, the third one was in December. Yeah. So we, yeah. Yep. And I remember lots of shots. <laughs> I was I was at my family's farm in tech or in Oklahoma. Um, I went to 
Well, that's not important. Why? Um, <laughs> I was Tell us not, more it's about not that important. <laughs> um, but I'm trying to do this new thing where, like, I start talking and then just be like, just shut up. <laughs> Nobody cares <laughs> what state you were actually in. I was at my family farm when you texted me and mm-hmm. told me your PGS results. Yeah. So from the batching. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we sent off. How many did we send off together? We sent off eight embryos for PGS testing. We had three. Yeah. We got three healthy boy embryos out of that. And I was just amazed yeah. and just surprised and just so excited because we had three chances, three shots. I was really hopeful, really hopeful in that moment yeah. that we had our baby in there. Yep. Our baby. And so you had, you had your diagnosis because obviously you were, you did your preliminary mm-hmm. testing for IVF. Mm-hmm. How would someone get diagnosed with this? Do you think? I think our doctors are, when we go in for our annual PAPs, whatever, our annuals, our doctors need to be talking to us about our fertility I at a agree. much. agree. At, at all. Not all just, the time. <laughs> not just at a certain age, all the time. Mm-hmm. I think that I was, I was very disappointed in my doctor for yeah. not not talking it's to me bl- about it's this. a simple blood test it isn't is it? it's a blood test they test your amh your fsh and i think i think yeah. that's it and they do they look at your ovaries mm-hmm. and it's so simple i think that our doctors are doing us a disservice yeah. as women because all the years of trying that are all the years that are wasted and if for some could, of these people. if you could know that mm-hmm. before you even get married and say okay look um, I have diminished ovarian reserve. I should probably go ahead and start freezing my eggs now. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, that puts you in control of the yeah. situation. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, do you watch The Bachelor? You do watch uh, The Bachelor. Does a bear fit in the woods? <laughs> we watch The Bachelor. Oh, okay. I'm not going to get off on a tangent, but Whitney, I think is her name. She was a few seasons back and she was a fertility nurse. Yes. And I think her being on the bachelor started a conversation because a lot of these other bachelor women, you know, in the bachelor community started freezing their eggs. Yes. And I heard about that. Yeah. Now I read something the other day, someone posted it was either on the BBC or, you know, forgive me for not doing research prior to, <laughs> I mean, like, who's got the time? Um, but it was some article talking about fertility clinics versus there are new egg freezing clinics now oh. where you can, they just do egg freezing. So mm. it's not like an IVF clinic, but people can just go freeze their eggs. And they were talking about how... Like, it's potentially controversial. And I was just like, why do you care? Why are we, why are, let's talk about something else let's, more important. Yeah, or let's talk about why people are wanting to freeze their eggs in general. I mean, mm-hmm. let's have that conversation yeah. and bring more awareness to it because it needs to be done. Yeah. People need to be talking about this at not just a younger age, at all in general. I people agree. need to be talking about this. Yeah. Um, and if I had known at an earlier age, I would have frozen my eggs. Mm-hmm. So I would have had some good quality eggs yeah. there to freeze. Back in your 20s. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I was t- I was 29 when we did yeah. our first round. Yeah. Our first, second, first and second round. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, or maybe Rick and I would have not waited a few mm-hmm. years in to go ahead and start doing this. Maybe we would have started right when we got married. Yeah. Um, 
so we would have had, you know, better quality eggs to deal with (laughs) instead of my mature Mm -hmm. eggs. There is this test called modern fertility Mm -hmm. and it's like something you can do by mail. Yeah. Um, By the way, again, not sponsored. (laughs) There Um, are so many sponsorship opportunities. Like they're just falling by the wayside. Let's tag them in all of this. I know I will. I'll, um, but this is interesting to me because I think they, I started following them on Instagram. I think they liked one of my posts and I was like, modern fertility. What's well, they this? should sponsor. I mean, it. they should sponsor, but I was like, what is this? So mm-hmm. I kind of looked around and mm-hmm. I thought it was so interesting. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about it. So what I know about it is you, I think you can do it at home. It's yeah. a blood test. You get like I a think. box. Yes. Mm-hmm. And it tests your AMH. What else does it test? Your FSH, your estrogen, your estradiol, um, your TSH, and a few other things. But all of that to know at an early age or at any point in your life would help you when you're deciding to start to try and have kids, right? And also they have like in their package – you like prick your finger and mm-hmm. you put your blood sample on the card. Yeah. You put it in this like um, bag or something and you send it off. And they actually send you a report that's really simple to understand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not all these like levels and you're like, well, what does that even mean? Mm-hmm. They have like a physician analyze the results and they send you back a report. Um, what, like, it's about time that we have something like this that's I mean, available, it's right? It's what twenty nineteen. Yeah, <laughs> I'll say it again. Cars are driving themselves. They and are. we're so behind <laughs> when it comes to, to fertility. Yes. Anything related to fertility. Um, yeah. No. One of my girlfriends actually said she's getting ready to do this, so I'm interested to see how oh, her results will look. You please, t- like a follow up. Yes, we'll do a follow follow up on that. Or maybe I can give her a call and she can tell us how it worked for her. She would love that. That would be Um, so cool. But just with um, ever since we became open and came out Mm -hmm. about um, our... I always call it coming out too. Yeah, we came out of the closet, (laughs) the infertility closet. (laughs) Um, uh, A lot of my friends have been interested in their own fertility. So I think... Um, that's great, you know, if we're starting the conversation about infertility. Yeah. Yeah, so my friend wants to do this. That's so cool. I would love to hear from her. Mm -hmm. Now, I have one last question for you. I hope I have an answer. Because I see a lot of women on Instagram asking the community. Mm -hmm. I have low AMH, Mm I have DOR, Mm -hmm. and my doctor wants to start with an IUI. Mm -hmm. What would you say to someone who's in this position of diminished ovarian reserve where you've already told us that not only do you have less eggs, but the quality is also yeah. a factor? Would you say they should probably not waste their time with IUI? I would definitely agree with that. Um, I think I can't speak to what an I what is involved with IUI because I've never done that. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're dealing with low quality eggs, you're going to get low quality embryos. And with that comes the, in, the increased risk of miscarriages right. and other things that 
are involved when your quality of eggs is low. So why waste your time? Right. Why waste that money? Why not just go straight to IVF? You're also no. wasting eggs exactly. because you're stimulating a bunch of eggs to release at the same time. Mm-hmm. In an IUI, just like you would for IVF, it's not actually, you're not on the as high of a dose mm-hmm. um, for IVF because they're not trying to like retrieve as many eggs as they can. They just want you to ovulate more than one egg. Um, so I feel like putting yourself through multiple rounds of IUIs, you're throwing eggs away. Exactly. Um, I have a friend actually at work who is in this very position. She um, has low AMH and she's on her fifth IUI. And I, I know, I know. Um, and I told her, I'm like, you are wasting time. I might sound judging. I might be overstepping, but speaking from somebody who's done multiple rounds of IVF, there's not a guarantee there either. So yeah, I just, why waste the money and the energy? Like we hate when people like give unsolicited unsolicited advice, but when you come from that place of like, I know, like I really, really know and mm-hmm. I really care about you and I just don't want you to waste your time. I know. And the eggs and the emotions, just everything that's involved with this. Why And go- five IUIs, that's, that's, a that's lot. IVF money. I know. I know. She keeps saying that she's saving money, but you're not. If you were out there and you were listening to this about DOR and you had DOR, was there, would, do you think there's any more advice you would want? Um, look at the supplements that you're taking. I yeah. mean, um, I read the Bible, the, mm-hmm. it starts with an egg. It starts with the egg. <laughs> it starts with the egg. And, uh, there was a lot of really good information in there about mm-hmm. the supplements to take. I took yeah. a lot of CoQ10. <laughs> oh, Coke? You Coke? do Coke Q10? <laughs> Coke Q10. Uh, talk to your doctor about the supplements. Absolutely. But... Because, you know, you're talking about qual- egg quality mm-hmm. and you have three months. Um, yeah. I believe the life cycle of the ovum yeah. is three months. Tell us more. Candace. So you start those supplements and in a few months you can really you know, improve that egg quality. Exactly. I do know some women, um, who, who have poor egg quality and that's been a huge thing for them in IVF and changing the supplements, changing their diet has really improved things for them. Yes. Um, I think it really helped us because looking back at the numbers of the eggs we retrieved and how many, embryos ended up being healthy in all of our cycles our third cycle was our best one mm-hmm. and I had obviously been on all those yeah. supplements longer yeah. <laughs> during our third cycle yeah. so I really think it helps yeah um our third retrieval we sent like in that batch mm-hmm. um when you got when I got my PGS results back it said you know from batch two batch oh, yeah, three yeah it's, yeah it, you know you how it's separate mm-hmm. the three that were from our third retrieval all of those were healthy I know. And and I remember you telling me that. You said if he hadn't suggested doing an, a third round mm-hmm. right away, we would have like been. they were all from that round. They all, the only healthy ones that we got were from that third round Yeah, with that batch. That's so, amazing. I mean, I, I thank our doctor yeah. there. Um, I think he knew what he was talking about in that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we're very grateful. So, yeah, That's look awesome. at the supplements you're taking if you have DOR. So 
Lastly. Lastly. Tell us what happened. (laughs) Tell us. Tell us what happened. We've been waiting this whole time. Uh, So we did our second transfer on February 2nd, 2018, and I got pregnant. (laughs) And stayed pregnant. Yay. (laughs) Pregnant and stayed pregnant. Um, Yeah. And we had our son on October 24th. Yay. And life is amazing. I mean, it's, we're so grateful. I, I look at him and I can't believe that he's ours. I can't believe that we saw him as a little baby five day old embryo Mm -hmm. and transferred him. And, um, it's just, there's hope out there. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. Don't give up guys. No matter what obstacles you face, <laughs> cling to hope guys. Cling to hope. She's cling. wearing her think positive shirt for everyone. <laughs> I've got my pineapples. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining me and thank letting you. me come invite myself to your house. I was <laughs> you like, did invite hey. yourself. Candace. I was like, are you busy this weekend? Can I come over and bring my microphones? <laughs> Guys, you should see these microphones. We're like Ryan Seacrest on air right now. If only. Yeah. If only. Come on. Seriously. We're in business big time. Seacrest Productions. Another sponsorship opportunity. I know. Well, thank you for coming. Thank you so much. It was fun. (laughs) We could talk for a lot longer. What could we talk about? I'll let you get back to your cute baby. Oh my gosh, guys. I rolled up and he had sweet potatoes in his eyelashes. (laughs) And I was like... I don't even like sweet potatoes, but I'm about to lick this out your eyeballs. Oh, he's the cutest. He's so sweet. I know everyone says that about check, their own. Check our cover picture on Podbean for for how cute he is. He's the cutest. Yeah. It was so good to see you. It was good to see you. Thank you, you for sharing your story with us. I Thank know you it's, for listening. I know it's personal and raw and real, but it is. we thank you because it's going to help. It will help. Somebody out there, somebody with DOR and a genetic, whatever. I can't talk. Just edit all that out. She needs her nap, guys. We got to go. Bye. Bye. Wow, they've been through a lot. Yeah, they have. I'm glad they got their little man, though. Yeah, he's so cute. I was, I tried to bring him home, but she was all, "Mm, you know. Well, you know, know, a lot of the time as well, Candice, you're not very good at trying to steal the babies. I know. You've got to get better. I didn't have my shoes on, so that was going to slow me down. Yep. Plus, I had a lot of stuff to get, um, you know, take out to my car. So, it just wasn't viable. It wasn't a good opportunity. Um, But maybe next next time. Yeah. Yeah. Next time. (laughs) (laughs) Next time on the Infertility Podcast. Asherman Syndrome, Fibroids. And polyps. Thanks for listening. I'm Daniel. And I'm Candace. No, no, no.